This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. Please do rate us on whichever platform you are listening to us on, be it Anchor app, Spotify, Apple iTunes or Google. Your ratings and reviews serve as a big encouragement to our indie podcast initiative. We briefly referred to Catch Me If You Can in our previous episode. Now, if you go and watch the opening sequence, you would notice that apart from being a catchy one, it did not have the face of Leonardo DiCaprio or Tom Hanks, but it rather relied on a combination of 2D cutouts and digital animation. Leo being chased by Tom Hanks on screen would have been too predictable after all. Sometimes animation does the trick in movies where you least expect them to, and they leave an indelible impression pun intended, on our minds. This is Avishek, your host for Binge Beyond the Box, Binge Beyond the Box, where we analyze, explore and entertain you about the whys, hows and what I didn't know that's of the creative content we consume regularly. Popular and offbeat TV shows, movies and short films. Anyone who is a fan of Tarantino or of Gratuitous Violence, although the two aren't often exclusive, must have seen his violent narrative epic Kill Bill. Broken into two parts, it had a really interesting segment in the first part. Despite being a live-action film, Kill Bill Volume 1 has an animated portion in which the Japanese villain's backstory is revealed. Designed like a manga, it has an unrealistic style of depicting gore and the fuel animation made from twisted visuals with weird body movements and exaggerated effects of violence. Inspired by a Tamil film, Alavandan, directed by Suresh Krishna, it's one of the most memorable uses of animation within a live-action movie in mainstream cinema. However, there are many more examples, more popular among them being Space Jam and Casper. In fact, Wes Anderson's latest film, The French Dispatch, has a chase sequence that is animated in an otherwise live-action film. One of my favorite examples of using animation in a live-action film is in Zack Snyder's Watchmen. It was also comic book style, except this was directly a tale from a comic book. So in this film, a boy regularly reads the comic Black Freighter. He shows up at the shop and instead of purchasing the book, reads a significant number of pages and leaves, only to repeat the same thing next day. And parallel to the story of the film unfolding, we also learn the story of the comic book the boy is reading. Except, while the rest of Watchmen is in live action, the part in which Black Freeter's story is told is animated. It's practically a motion picture version of the comic book and there is more to it than making for an intriguing watch or a real-time rendition of a comic book story. Now, not to spoil the film for you, but the story in the comic book actually parallels the main storyline of Watchmen. Thus, the slowly developing darkness in the comic book's world is like a visual metaphor for the darkness that is gradually unraveling in the real world due to the events happening there. It's a nod to the fact that 
the film itself is based on a comic book and also it's a way of reiterating the common saying that life imitates art actually mythology is often the source of inspiration for comic books and also the source for idols for many radical thinkers this is what the parallelly developing storylines imply also the world in which watchmen is set is gritty and visually dark on top of being morally gray as well so it makes sense that the fiction is also thematically dark and the artwork in the comic is bordering in extreme with imagery that should come with viewer discretion disclaimers and finally the comic strip is a beautiful portrayal of how kids process politics the politics in fiction is often more accessibly written or structured and it's by finding parallels with reality that the sense of morality and politics is often born in children as mentioned earlier a largely popular example of the use of animation in live action cinema is in space jam it's not exactly a work of art but as an entertainer it has some virtues however the line between comic and gimmicky is a very fine one and the animated bugs bunny often doesn't read it very well lebron james pairs up with the animated character in the, in a live action world this isn't a segment however and the animated character is a significant one a similar thing happens in the beloved film about the friendly ghost casper the world is in a live action one but casper is an animated ghost this is however intentional it's different from the films like most recently made live action remake of the jungle book where the characters that is the animals are rendered by cgi and their hyper realism is a part of the experience since it is not intended to make it clear that these characters are animated instead of being an organic part of their surroundings i believe life of pi also uses it very effectively because in some scenes where the central character the two central characters right uh, rather pi patel and the tiger are in the boat and the scenes or sequences after that are kind of hyper realistic animation and these scenes beautifully weave into the stories flow and make it a magical experience the other example i mentioned that of the chase sequence in the french dispatch is a case of simplification along with some other factors in fact this was the case with the animated segment of kill bill 2 some of the action in that would have been extremely difficult to perform in live action anyway getting back to the french dispatch it's a chase sequence heavy on the action happening on screen at any given point of time such an exciting piece of news is expected to be narrated animatedly and wes anderson takes it to literal extents scenes change pretty quickly as the motion happens fantastically fast and capturing that is definitely more convenient in animation plus from the narrative point of view given that this is about an indie magazine there will be illustrations and this animated segment is basically an illustration coming to life decoding all the visual elements made in the french dispatch could possibly take more than two episodes but given that the rest of this section was black and white but this animated bit was colored it further insinuates 
This is an acknowledgement to the illustrators of literary magazines who are often overlooked. Of course, the writing is an essential part, but the artworks contribute significantly to the aesthetics of the magazines and also to the way we perceive certain stories. In fact, that's why I love the minimalist dialogue during the animated segment because it further reduces the attention that writing receives in that moment. And of course, as one would expect, given that it's the French dispatch, the animation is in the style of French animated cinema. It has a distinct look that looks somewhat like Tintin comics but has a certain Parisian flair about it. Now, while there are definitely more instances of animation being used in live action, there are rare instances of the opposite. Some form of that was used in the popular Cartoon Network show, The Amazing World of Gumball, where the world was two-dimensional and so were the characters, except for a CGI dinosaur that was three-dimensional. It looked like a live-action dinosaur in an animated world, but in this case, actually all of it was animation. However, the situation in the Lego movie was different. There, the part that's in the real world is live action and there it's even thematically relevant. The revelation that it's a kid playing with his toys and the animated world was just a visualization of his imagination was perfectly done by introducing the audience to a live action world. Sorry for the spoilers. Such a use of real life footage in an otherwise animated film is also there in Flea the only foreign language nominee for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. It's basically a documentary about an Afghan refugee, but instead of being live action, it's an animated film. Within that, during references to the socio-political scenarios in Afghanistan, there is real-life footage alternated with animated flashbacks. This firstly helps us to contextualize the story, because the fact that it's told in the past and based on real life events may not stay compellingly on the viewer's minds because of the animation. Actually, by making it animated, I believe the storytelling has become more visceral since the artwork also carries the emotions instead of just the words or the acting. However, with some scenes of actual Afghanistan, the gravity of the situation bears even more heavily on the mind while watching the film. What stands out about the use of the live-action segments in Flea is that they are generic camera footage and not live-action versions of the characters' lives. So, it's not like a semi-documentary scene, but literally just footage included to support the commentary that the film makes. The scenes include bus stands, burning buildings, queues outside buildings, rallies, and things of that sort haunting scenes of a war-torn nation. Just like some war movies start with real-life footage of the war and then go on to provide a cinematic non-fictional or fictional piece, this is like that. Except the footage isn't provided in the beginning and when it first appears, it's rather unexpected. Plus, they are very short snippets of a few seconds each so that the viewers can get an idea of the truth but not get distracted from the harrowing central tale. Animation as a narrative device is often more powerful and compelling than live action because artwork means the world design essentially derives from the emotional thread of the story. 
So it's no surprise that there is an expansive world of animation out there. Often they are inaccurately and unfairly sidelined because animated films are cartoons for kids or treated as so. But if one is apprehensive about how much truth animation can ring with, a film that balances live action and animation can help find clarity. The juxtaposition provides further perspective that helps appreciate just how much powerful of a tool the use of animation is. Now moving on to our next episode's hook. So our next episode is going to be the last episode of season 1 and we have something special in store. All we can say right now is that it is going to make you go back and listen to some of the older episodes if you have not already. So stay tuned for it and till then connect with us on our social media handles. The details are in the podcast description and keep binging beyond the box.